Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And Derek and the Dominoes with Baxton Nagel on Rock 102. Believe it or not, we could see some snow showers after 9 o'clock this morning. It's going to turn to rain. A high of 41 tonight. Rain, low of 40. Cloudy tomorrow morning. A little bit more rain in the morning, but then, you know, just clouds with a high of 54. It's 31 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Scott Zolak will be joining us after 8 o'clock today. We're going to wrap up the Patriots season, as if you didn't see it get wrapped up on Sunday against the uh, the Buffalo Bills. But we'll talk to Zolak about all that and what to expect maybe for next season, even though it's a little bit early. Also, we're going to do a, a special tribute to the late Jeff Beck, who died yesterday at the age of 78. That'll happen probably after 9 o'clock this morning. That and other stuff. It's just about 536 in Rock 102. The Amazon Echo Dot is like the new radio for your home, and you can listen to Rock 102 by simply saying, Alexa, play Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551. Hey. And Stone Temple Pilots with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Oh, hey. Hey, how you doing, pal? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm terrific. I've never been better in my life. Uh, Going to be a mix of crap today with, like, rain and snow throughout the Pioneer, but what? <laughs> the way the, I say it? No, no, just uh, just the fact that the two of us are, like, uh, sleeping on the jobs here for a second. Well, you know, I'm looking at uh, pornography. Uh, you're looking at pornography. We're all looking at pornography, and uh, we get distracted. Yeah, next thing you know, there's a radio show to attend to. Ne- next, there's there's another hole opened. <laughs> it's uh, it's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Guitar god Jeff Beck died on Tuesday after contracting bacterial meningitis. He was 78 years old. Beck is a two-time member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is a member of the Yardbirds, and then as a solo artist, he also won seven Grammys. Unbelievable guitar player. Mm-hmm. And you think about, like, the Yardbirds, you know, because they, they had Clapton and Jimmy Page and yeah. Jeff Beck. A very strong argument could be made that of the three of them, it was actually Jeff Beck who was the better of all three. Oh, oh, Yeah, oh, I know. Oh. I know. There's some who will say, please. But really? there are many, many who will say, yeah, no, that's probably true. Eric Clapton is the voice of my generation. You're about 58 years apart. And nevertheless... Uh, Beck's career really took off when he succeeded Eric Clapton in the Yardbirds in 1965. During his career, they released his hits Heart Full of Soul, I'm a Man, Shapes of Things, and Over, Under, Sideways, Down. After leaving the band in 66, he formed the Jeff Beck Group, which initially included Rod Stewart on vocals and Ronnie Wood on bass. Uh, last year, he released an album with Johnny Depp called 18 and played on two songs on Ozzy Osbourne's latest album, Patient Number 9. Uh, oh, by the way, Depp reportedly visited Beck's bedside. Yeah, they were close. <laughs> really? No, actually, they were pretty close. As close as the guy we know that's close to Johnny Depp? No. No, of course not. Are you sure about <laughs> no, that? No, I'm pretty sure. Nobody gets closer than that. Hey, Johnny, uh, can you tell Jeff uh, uh, goodbye for me? Just tell him. Just tell him uh, I, I, uh, I met him back in 81, back in Columbus. It was after a show. The sad part about it is the guy can actually back that up with evidence. 
Uh, but there's a lot of tributes out there from uh, Ron Wood, Rod Stewart, Mick Jagger, uh, Gene Simmons, uh, Ozzy, Jimmy Page, and Morgan Fairchild. Morgan Fairchild? Morgan Fairchild had uh, had a tribute to make to him. Really? Yeah. Morgan Fairchild, who I've seen naked. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the <laughs> ticket. Riverdance star Michael Flatley has been diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. His team says, quote, he has undergone surgery and is in the care of an excellent team of doctors. Flatley is 64 years old. That sucks. Yeah, it does. What is with this? uh, I don't know. You just hear about people, and I say young, 64, because now I'm in my 40s and 64 is young to me. (laughs) You know? Like, what? the the whole idea of getting cancer is such an aggressive cancer at a young age you know it's not like you're yep. 79 or 80 no one needs to tell you that, yeah. that the age is not the issue mariah carey is reportedly seeking primary custody of her kids with nick cannon a source says quote she wants to put him on notice that he can't just uh, flip in and out of their lives while he attends his, to his other children he's got 37 <laughs> other children Baby, what, uh, what do you want me to do? Uh, I I, I got to pick up a couple of these kids and bring them to Little League. The other one's going to dance uh, there's forty class. There's 47 of them and only yeah. one of me. And then uh, and then there's an art class for uh, for the little ones. For the little ones. <laughs> for the li- yeah. They're now in their late teens, but they're still the little yeah. ones. Whitney Houston's uh, estate isn't unhappy uh, with the joke about her death that uh, Gerard Carmichael told at the Golden Globes. They said it was, quote, in poor taste. Maybe it was. He said, uh, so here we are, live from the hotel that killed Whitney Houston, the Beverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe that is in poor taste. It gets worse. That's actually kind of funny. Well, here we are at the hotel that killed Whitney Houston. I hope you all enjoy your awards tonight. (laughs) Mindy Kaling's Velma series premiered on HBO Max, uh, or premieres today, I guess, at midnight. So it's it's already six hours old at least. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Scooby-Doo is missing because they wanted to separate it from the children's show, and Warner Brothers Animation didn't give it permission to use the character. So how do you create a character around something that, the main character isn't a part of. I mean, I'm sure they do that with other shows. They've done that with, what was it, Better Call Saul? Was it, wasn't that the whole thing based around another offset? Yeah, but I mean, I, I suppose you could do the show and just talk around Scooby-Doo. Like, where did that dog go? I don't Ooh. know. He was out here a second ago. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 50 Cent has apologized to Megan the Stallion for not believing her claim that Tori Linez shot her. He says that uh, because she lied about having a sexual relationship with him, he thought she was lying about everything else. Until I actually saw the bullet hole in her side, that's when I knew she was telling the truth. And you know, I have a number of bullet holes of my own, so I know exactly what they look like. We can compare. We're like twinsies now. Yeah, who's got the bigger hole? I'm pretty sure Megan the Stallion does. We don't know that for sure. I don't know. She had sex with 50 cents. <laughs> The uh, Chainsmokers said in the beginning of their career that they had uh, a few threesomes with fans. Remember, Alex Paul said, quote, uh, they were never planned. It's been a long time. How come they get to have threesomes with fans? I don't know. Do, do you really? 
No, I actually have you really, seen some of our fans? I know. I was going to say, I don't know. Do you really want that to happen? <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wishing for anything. I'm just yeah. making a statement. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't even know who the rest of these people are. These, um... I didn't know half the people you were talking about up until this you point. You don't know Megan V. Stallion or Not Fitty that Sin? much. I, F- F- Fitty, I know. Not personally, but... Uh, Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, sold a record 1.43 million copies in its first day. Good thing he doesn't want the media hounding him. Well, the only way to stop it is to address it and then never talk about it again. Yeah, I don't think that's... He's not going to have to write a second book. I don't think that's ever going to happen. PETA is on Dakota Johnson's case for uh, doing a Gucci campaign that includes reptile skin bags. What she uh, did? She wear uh, Melanie Griffith? <laughs> no, that's just my mom. What <laughs> kind of reptile skin? This, this reptile skin bag is just my mom. No, and, and my a, dad. Yeah, and she's yeah. just been left out in the, the sun too long. Right, she's like a raisinette, <laughs> like, like a catcher's mitt. Uh, Kim Kardashian celebrated her friend's birthday, and she partied hard. No kidding. Mm-hmm. She, she must have had something to say. I wake up the last. Oh my! Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Got some on your chin. <laughs> a little hair in there. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. The last time I partied this hard was when Ray J went into the tradesman's entrance and stuffed me with his duck-filled fatipus in that sex tape you can purchase on Newport for $39.95. And uh, Caitlin? Well, I've got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once did the jingle jangle jewelry joining the spam dagger deep inside. Jesus. What are you trying to say? Uh, it's a minge monsoon slobbering from the Peter pothole. Is there more? What I'm trying to say, <laughs> she began sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage. <laughs> you don't need me to explain it. No, you don't, you don't have to explain it. And that's your Hollywood trash from Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Attention HVAC professionals. You're- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 and Zeppelin. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, mix of precipitation today with a high of 43. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, I'm actually going to see Get the Lead Out next week. Are you really? Up at the Calvin Theater. No kidding. Next Saturday night. They can do a bunch of uh, Led Zeppelin songs? No, I believe they do The Police. A do, 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 a <laughs> yeah. da, da, da is what they open with. It's, and then they close with Message in a Bottle. It's nice to see them, you know. Mix things up a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, who wants to sit there and listen to two and a half hours of Led Zeppelin music? I would do it. Sure. I mean, we do it every day. You know, just, <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to going to that show because I've been wanting to see them for years, and I've never seen them. Well, there you go. Have you ever seen the, the show? I have not seen them. I've seen other uh, Led Zeppelin tributes, but uh, I hear that's actually a pretty good one. So, yeah. And the last time I went to uh, the Calvin Theater, I saw the ABBA tribute. So... Uh, we're mixing it up as well, there the you music go. goes along. That's a good show too. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been trying to take care of yourself for the new year. Have you <laughs> have been been doing any of that stuff? Well, I mean, I, it depends on what you mean by taking care of yourself. If it means uh, you know, go see doctors or uh, chiropractors or you know, taking medication, then oh yeah, I'm I'm right on top of it. Uh, I meant like eating right and exercising. Oh and no, no, no. I've been doing that. Uh, I started up on the Peloton again. I had kind of taken a couple of months off from that. When you take a couple of months off from something, you really shouldn't do that because then it's like 10 times harder to get back into the groove of doing something. 
Well, when did you start? Just on the first? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty well, much on the it's, first. It's, uh, to, to the twelfth, like, you should be uh, all the way working back up to where you were. I started on the first consistently again. Right you know, before it was like sporadic. I'd, every couple of weeks, I'd get on the bike again. It's the world's most expensive coat hanger. Peloton. <laughs> it's, um, it's where I leave most of my laundry. Uh, but 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 now that I'm back into it, I'm like really discovering all of the things that it has to offer. I went on a ride through Oregon yesterday, and you got back already. I know. Wow. It's actually it's really cool. You can pick these like different durations and and all that stuff. I did like a thirty to thirty five minute ride through the the Columbia greenway i don't know it's 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 something it's one of the most famous routes out in oregon it's like straddles the the, the border between it's the columbia river yeah virtually though right because you weren't actually there no it's virtually but it's also a workout because they're telling you to do like change up your speed and we're going up a hill so you got to you know change the uh, the cadence and the resistance and all that other good stuff and uh man gives you gives your legs a workout i'll now, tell you that this is supposed to be motivating right it is motivating, yeah. Really? I mean, is it just like accidentally motivating, or is it uh, is it just working on the simplicity of your brain? Uh, it's actually motivating. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, because anytime you have like, it's almost like a video game leaderboard. You want to get your name to the top. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to get, you know, I'm placed number 16,000 out of 21,000 people or whatever it is. But it's, you know, the competitiveness that you have with other users. Right. There's other people using, uh, riding those routes at the same time you are. So you kind of have a little mini competition going on over the side. There's always one person that's like way ahead of everybody else. I think that's somebody that works for Peloton. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's uh, that's just me. You know, ever play like a game on your phone and, or like you download a new game, mm -hmm. right? And uh, they're giving you instructions on how to play. And rather than just let you play and figure it out, you know, they, they kind of like interrupt the game with like, you know, new notifications and new instructions. Mm -hmm. uh, I find that to be very distracting and annoying. I just want to get like right into it. And, and I bring this up because it seems to me like after a certain period of time, I would be kind of annoyed by the instructions and motivational tools of the Peloton. It's like, will you just All shut right. up and leave me alone and let me uh, pedal? So the only, the only drawback to this thing was like on the on the easy parts of the ride when yeah. you're riding like flat and you you know you don't have a lot of resistance and you're just kind of moving along this woman on this particular thing was talking about like the history of where you were riding through and then adding her own little anecdotes in uh. Of like, oh yeah, well, well, one time I came up here with my friends. I mean, look at all these vineyards up here. Uh, and then she's talking about how you can get a you can get a beer after the ride uh -huh, yeah. and all this other stuff. I love a good IPA. You know, oh, she's Jesus she's talking. Christ. You know, it's all bougie stuff that she's talking about, and uh, that was annoying. Yes, but I can't figure out. There is a way to to because they they play music in the background. And I did the '90s rock ride. All right, all right. And uh, and they play music, but and you, there's a way to put more music over her talking, like in real life. Yeah, like you. So you can like there's only so much you can listen to. Right, like you. you like, no, I'm gonna turn the music up, but I can't find that little button that does that. You know, I think I'd be less 
I think I would be more motivated, not by the hot model when it was glistening with yeah. sweat uh, and looking great. Oh, she it. wasn't glistening. She had a she had a jacket on yesterday because oh, it was kind of because she's in chill. Oregon. It's yeah. chilly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think I'd be more motivated by some slovenly, morbidly obese guy uh, on the other side of the peloton. You're wearing like a shirt that's too tight and a headband. Wearing his, uh, using his asthma inhaler as he tra- yeah. tries to climb the mountains of Oregon. Yeah, because I I yeah. want to because I know I'm never going to beat the beautiful model. Right. right. I, I could maybe beat the fat guy on the bike with the, who's sweating with the, the the Mike Reno headband. Okay, I could I, I I could see where you're coming from on that. You know, a guy who's like you know on his bike on the other side of the screen so, with like a, like a Costco size uh, box of muffins. So you want a you want a more realistic experience is what you're what you're asking for. Yes, as opposed to because yeah, uh, in uh, real life I would never be seen on a on a bike on a ride with a group of of like supermodels. Yeah, but I'm more likely to be on a on a bike ride with a bunch of fat guys eating muffins in be, in between puddles. I can see that. I can see where you're coming from on that. Him a little extra motivation, like, oh, wow, this fatty could do it on the yeah. bike. I could do that, too. Well, Jim just passed out from a heart attack. <laughs> maybe maybe I can keep going. Well, that was it. <laughs> I was reading up about these things. The Peloton took a hit when that Sex in the City show came out because the guy dies on a Peloton. <laughs> yes. it's like, I always kind of wonder, like, who approved that from Peloton saying, yeah, you can put that as part of the story that this guy dies from our product. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they approved it. I think they just went ahead and wrote that into the script. I guess. I don't know. But it, th- th- that was when it took a, th- the sales took a huge yeah. dive. Because what company would say, oh, somebody died in one of our products? Yeah, please yeah. go right ahead and talk about it. Uh, but I got to tell you how cool, it's really cool to, to, to get, it's not just, when it comes down to it, you're just exercising in your living room. Yeah. But when you kind of immerse yourself in that that whole little screen thing, it's kind of cool because you don't have to just have the same old. That's why a lot of people don't do anything with with a machine. Like well, you get used to it, and then you get sick of it, and then it just sits there as the coat rack. Or you do what I do, what? and you hurt yourself on the machine, and you just give it away because you never want to go back to it. You have hurt yourself on every piece of athletic equipment I have ever seen you with. Yes, this is this even is, a wiffle ball. I oh, once I saw in, you get pounded in the head by one of those, and you had an egg on your head for a week. Oh, I had the egg on my head. I went, I went into concussion protocol. Yeah, <laughs> I I had to go into the blue tent for an hour. Yeah, until I could stop blowing snot bubbles out of my nose. That's disgusting. It's telling you how it was. Well, anyway, uh, my ride through Oregon was beautiful. Yesterday. Was it really? And I, uh, maybe you can come along with me. Maybe you can get a Peloton. You can join me online. Oh, you drive a hard bargain, Steve. But you know, uh, I, I probably am not going to make that sort of investment. You know, I uh, I know I'm flexing with this whole thing. Yeah. But I also realized yesterday that, you know, I came in like number eight yesterday in that whole group of people. Yeah. But m- the median age was like 62. You can tell like because it says who they are and where they're from. <laughs> It's well, like, that's just because of the time of day you were on, right? I, I kicked Gladys's ass from uh, from Fort Myers. <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah, but you could you could you could uh, bounce a dime off of Gladys. Yeah, <laughs> it's six twenty two with Bax and Dangle and Rock one hundred two. Rock one hundred two, Springfield's classic rock at six twenty nine, and the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. Mix of light snow and rain today with a high of forty three. Tomorrow rainy with a high of fifty four. It's thirty one right now in downtown Springfield. And uh, hey, do you want to laugh? I do. All right, let's laugh. <laughs> 
It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. On Rock 102. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Springfield's classic rock. See, we're just experimenting with different uh, intros and things like that. Nah, we're just trying to. Did things. you like that one? That's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Is it too cheesy or no, uh, anything? No, no, sorry. No. Does anybody really care? They just want to hear the joke. They just want to hear the joke. Oh, hey. Uh, why didn't John Denver take a shower before he went flying? I don't know, Steve. Why didn't John Denver take a shower before flying? Well, he figured he'd just wash up on shore. Ah, you, see, you see why that's funny is because John Denver died in a plane crash yeah. over the ocean. Right. And then, uh, you know, obviously washing up, meaning cleaning, and then also, like, floating up his body on shore. Yeah, honestly, if you yeah. hadn't uh, described the whole thing, yeah. it, wouldn't have made any, it wouldn't have made any sense. Do, do you know what the last thing through his mind was? No. The propeller. Because <laughs> it was a plane crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we're done picking on Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got to push this button. Oh, uh, yes, you do. Oh. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 632 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. Includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. The FAA has lifted a ground stop it issued Wednesday morning following an outage to a system that provides pilots with notices they need before flying. This screwed up the whole day yesterday. It was weird because, like, uh, like around uh, noon, I let the dog out, right? And there was wait, who let the dog out? Me. Who? Me. Who? Me. Who? Me. Who? I let the dog out. Yeah. See, so he could uh, do his business. Mm-hmm. And uh, one plane in the sky. And knowing what happened yesterday, what a what a, a nightmare that was to see like one plane up in the sky. I think, well, huh, I guess somebody got up yesterday. Well, it, remember after nine eleven, where they had the like there was no commercial flights flying anywhere, and it just seemed weird that, that there were no. Weird. Yeah, I know that was weird. And the only planes that were flying were like military planes. Yeah, well, somebody got up there yesterday, and I don't know where they were going. But everybody around the country, every flight, thousands of flights, delayed or grounded. I can't even imagine what that must be like. I mean, you know, having your flight uh, canceled, that's one thing. Having everybody's flight canceled and you still have to hang out at the airport until things change, what a nightmare. That sucks. When air traffic control officials realized they had a computer issue late on Tuesday, they came up with a plan. Reboot the system when it would least disrupt air travel on Wednesday morning. Ultimately, that plan and the outage led to massive flight delays and an uh, unprecedented order to stop all aircraft departures nationwide. FAA officials uh, told reporters early Wednesday that the issues developed in the uh, 3 p.m. Eastern hour on Tuesday afternoon. Officials ultimately found a corrupt file in the main notice-to-air mission system. Oh, you know why? You know why? Why? Because somebody in the office was probably looking at Pinterest on the internet, and you're not uh, supposed to use that for the internet. There's an internet computer. There's a computer dedicated to shopping online over there, Betty. It's all Betty's fault. I believe it. There's malware on the NOTAM system. You know, I got to uh, to work today, and there's like a, I think it's a new computer that I'm dealing with here today. Yeah. And uh, so when I fired it up, it uh, it had updates and everything else, and uh, you know, like uh, the desktop is all changed. You know, yeah. How do we know they didn't have like a computer upgrade over there at the FAA? And it all went to crap. 
I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They said it in the overnight hours of Tuesday into Wednesday, FAA officials decided to shut down and reboot the main NOTAM system, a significant decision because the reboot can take about 90 minutes. But yeah. it took a lot longer than that. Of course, it it always takes longer than that. Well, you ever try to like, install the update here on the computer at work, and you're thinking, oh, it just says one update, and the update takes two hours? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, please, I've been there. Please do not shut off your computer. This system is updating. Well, what are you supposed to do with yourself for two hours? I Well, I usually leave. <laughs> that's you know I, what I do, too. That's why I'm hoping there's updates in there every day. <laughs> I usually just walk out the door. Sorry, I got to go. Can't do my work. Yeah. Nowhere else for me to work, but well, I'm but at home. Well, there you go. If you had uh, traveled yesterday and your flight was delayed, uh, you, I'm sure you'll be delayed for a couple more days while they try to figure everything out. Fire crews worked to put out a fire in Springfield's north end. Crews were called to Lexington Street for reports of a structure fire last night. Uh, the 22 News crew on the scene could see smoke coming from a house. No kidding. Oh, my God, it was crazy. I think there was a fire because there was smoke coming out of the roof. <laughs> According to Fire Captain uh, Drew Primanti, no one was injured in the fire at 290 Lexington Street. The Springfield Arson and Bomb Squad is looking into the cause of the fire. Uh, a dangerousness hearing was held for the suspect that allegedly grabbed a, Springfield's, a Springfield officer's gun during a struggle and shot himself in the hand. A Springfield District Court uh, judge ordered 41-year-old Joseph Gonzalez of Springfield to be held without the right to bail. Gonzalez was arraigned last week and pled not guilty to a slew of charges, including armed and masked robbery, firearm to assault to commit murder, uh, discharging a firearm within 500 feet, and uh, and resisting arrest. He's fighting that one. The resisting arrest one. Yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, we always talk about the, you know, bail and stuff. Yeah. And- He's too dangerous to get it. Yeah, he's not going back out. Yeah, the there you go. Uh, Meanwhile, you let a guy go that gets arraigned 140 times at 58 years old, and yeah, uh, he's see, still walking the streets. See, you're 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 taking two different types of people. Oh no, I'm comparing apples and oranges and making a fruit salad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, because the 140 time guy, there was no indication he was arraigned 140 times. That doesn't mean he was convicted 140 times. No, I know that. But he was still in court 140 times to answer to 140 different charges. But they don't. That's a busy bee. But they don't hold uh, dangerousness hearings for trespassers. He was breaking into stuff. That's not just. They still don't hold dangerousness. Dangerousness hearings is when you're a threat to someone else, yourself, or other people. (laughs) I think if you're going back. 140 times. Unless you're working there. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. I'm just saying maybe he just wanted to place to sleep for the night. (sighs) 140. Think about that. You know, know, 140 nights at a Holiday Inn Express. (laughs) You know, that's going to run you 14 grand or so. You know, if you you get arrested 140 times, you get to stay in jail for free. It does sound kind of nice, doesn't it? Maybe a court fee here or there. What's the magistrate fee? 40 bucks to get out of something like that? <laughs> anyway, according to uh, Ryan Walsh, officers received a report of an armed robbery at Metro PCS on Armory Street around 12.25 p.m. on Tuesday, December 27th. 
Gonzalez allegedly pulled out a knife and took an undisclosed amount of cash from the register, and Officer chased Gonzalez, which ended in a violent struggle. A good Samaritan driving by the incident got out of their vehicle and helped the officer detain Gonzalez. During the struggle, Gonzalez allegedly grabbed the officer's firearm and fired it, shooting his own finger. He was arrested and taken to Bay State Medical Center for his injuries. He's due back in court on February 8th uh, for his pretrial hearing. All right. All right. Uh, the suspect wanted by police for a shooting at the Unicorn Bar in December walked into Holyoke District Court Tuesday to be arraigned. Holyoke Police Captain Matthew Moriarty said 35-year-old John Brown Jr. of Springfield was escorted into the Holyoke District Court by his father, John Brown, on Tuesday. He was processed and taken to a local facility. Brown Jr. was wanted for murder, attempt, or attempted murder, murder, attempted uh, firearm discharge within 500 feet of a building, uh, firearm and felony, all kinds of good stuff. This is the guy that just walked into yeah. the bar and shot the other guy. And his dad was his escort? Yeah. Oh, you brought your dad with you. Well, you needed your daddy to talk to the guy, the judge. Why don't you have your dad settle your disputes then instead? I mean, you're a real big man when you got a gun in your hand, but you need daddy to bail you out? What was that? Uh, the, uh, the coward of the county. Or the uh, Kenny Rogers. Yes. Yeah, promise me, son, not to do the things I've done. That's yeah, coward of the county. Yeah, uh, nineteen seventy nine. That takes you back. Holyoke police detectives discovered uh, Brown Jr. was at Holyoke District Court. Upon detectives arriving at court, they were advised Brown Jr. had been processed, transported, and not unseen. Officers were called to a shooting at the Unicorn Bar on High Street around eight forty-five p.m. on Saturday, the seventeenth of December. They found a Hispanic man on the floor of the bar that had been shot several times. An investigation found that the victim was shot, uh, and he fell to the floor. Brown Jr. then allegedly shot the victim again while he was on the floor and walked away from the incident. The victim is still in the hospital for his injuries. Oh, I thought the victim passed away. Well, I don't even know. I thought that's what that was about. I guess Either way, I mean, it's like a, I mean, it's a weird story. Yeah. You show up at the unicorn. You start to start shooting around. Yeah, and then it, then there were like uh, like customers that got involved in this. Yeah, to help the guy that was uh, down on the ground. Jesus, that sucks. It's a bad night of drinking that night. Uh, Holyoke High School North staff had to make a d- difficult decision on Monday to cancel the school's junior or senior prom. One parent, Nisha Velez, found out about the cancellation from her son Miguel Daly, who was an eleventh grader at and a school. Email Velez says she couldn't understand why the prom was no longer happening. Uh, Miguel was so excited because he wasn't sure if he was even going to his prom be, uh, because it had been ca- he had I had been struggling with catching up with bills and everything else, which he gave me anxiety about my son not being able to attend because the tickets are sixty dollars. Sixty bucks is a lot to ask for a kid to go to something. <sighs> yeah, it is. I and, you know, I mean, I and I listen. I I I get it. I mean, I'm sure the kids are disappointed. But no one really has that much fun at their prom. They I, did you a favor. I never went. You never went to your I prom? never went. I went to my junior prom, and I went to my senior prom. Yeah. And in hindsight, you know, it seemed like, well, at the time, it seemed like, oh, I got to go to my prom. Yeah. I got to go to the prom. You know, I, I went with a friend, uh, junior prom, and uh, the two of us paid no attention to each other once we got there. Yeah. And then my senior prom, I went my, with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, it sucked. So, um, I think they may have done you a favor here. 
Well, they probably did. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, it didn't seem like a favor at the time where I was, uh, you know, sitting home wallowing in my own sorrow. No, I understand. I'm yeah. I'm merely yeah. saying this as someone who has I, the benefit of hindsight. I had the unfortunate uh, disadvantage of moving here my senior year of high school, so I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I asked a girl that, you know, I was like, hey, do you want to go to the prom? I didn't even really know her. Yeah. And she said no. And oh. I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to keep doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've already laid it out there once. Listen, I, I get the whole, uh, you know, nine out of ten saying no, but there's always one that says, yes, uh, I wasn't about to go on that uh, that mission, if you will. Um, why did the girl say no to you? Because she didn't know you? Or? Probably because I didn't know her that well. I don't, I don't know. She was, uh, I think she was a year younger than me, and I just... You know, I had, had a couple of classes with her and uh, okay. I thought she was kind of cute. And I said, uh, hey, do you want to go to the prom? And uh, then she said no. But she was very nice about it. She was okay, very well, was she, No, she wasn't, she wasn't, trying, to, no, she wasn't no, trying to rip your soul no, out of your body. No, there, there wasn't uh, anything like that. But I just gave up after that. And <clears throat> the ironic thing it was I didn't even put myself in for a contest, but I won a free tuxedo rental. Well, what are you going to do with that? I sold it. Oh, you did? I did. How, for how much? For $50. That's Be- like 50% off the cost of a, of a tux well, back then. Well, let's see. 1997, that was probably, uh, yeah. Probably, probably a $7,500 tux. $100. Yeah. You know, so I, well, I didn't pay anything to put in for the, I didn't even buy a raffle ticket. It was just like they were giving prizes away to all the seniors, and I won the, the tuxedo rental. And Dude, I never I gotta, claimed it. I, I I sold it for fifty bucks. Anytime, anybody I talked to from my high school graduating class who went to prom, and it was most everybody. Everybody went. They all kind of say the same thing. Man, what a waste of time that was. I don't know about that. There's a lot of people that do like that. I they know. Like I mean, there's some out. people where the, 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 all their lives they dream about going to prom. Ugh. Uh, it ain't all that. Uh, so, yeah, the ticket prices are uh, too high. The school staff plans to meet with student leaders and class advisors uh, today to discuss suggestions for alternative events, even though uh, high school juniors won't be able to attend. Uh, plans are being moved forward with the uh, senior prom in May. Well, here, you know what I'll do? I'll offer my DJ services for free as long as I can uh, only play the music I would play at a, re- a wedding. So, like, you know, Love Shack, the Cupid Shuffle. Uh, your daddy's little yeah. girl. I'm not playing any of the music that you kids want to hear. I'm playing only the tunes that you that, that I feel are appropriate for people your age. Captain and Tennille, anyone? <laughs> Love will, in fact, keep you together. There's nothing a 17-year-old kid loves more than cool in the gang. Yeah, there's nothing a 17-year-old loves more than a 44-year-old man showing up trying to say, Hey, man! I got this Winger album you guys got to hear. You want to hear Winger? 17. Yeah. You're all the same age. Uh, What was the... Uh, oh, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, mother. Uh, Glenn... Uh, oh, Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig. Yeah, yeah there you go. Here, Danzig. Everyone loves dancing to Danzig. It's dancing Danzig night <laughs> at Holyoke High School with DJ Steve Nagel. Yeah. I can do it. Mother... Tell your children not to go away. <laughs> your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. Going to be a mix of rain and snow this morning and then uh, clearing by this afternoon. And then more rain by tomorrow. 
uh, with a high of 54. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. GG. That's classic rock. It's 6.54 in Soundgarden with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Mix of snow and rain today uh, with a high of 43. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 54. It's 31 in downtown Springfield. Um, yeah, you are talking yesterday about the gas stoves and how they're causing asthma and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, nobody's banning them. No, it's not. There's, there's not a ban on these things. And nobody's even talking about putting a ban on these things. Uh, I, I got it from the internet. Yeah, well, do you believe everything you read on the internet? Well, it was on CNN. Do you believe everything you hear on CNN? No. Yeah, the the, the whole idea that uh, you were talking about yesterday, they want to ban gas stoves, that's not happening. That's fake news. Well, I, you know, listen, Steve, I'm, I'm grabbing news from uh, reliable news sources. I'm not, uh, I'm not just making this up. You know, I'm not just like, you know, pulling things out of the, out of nowhere here. That was, um, that was a CNN story. But it's not real. It's not, it's not, uh, there's no, like, fear of any ban going on. Next thing you'll be telling me, that human composting story was a fake. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I just, like, See, yeah, the funny part about it is that actually sounds know. more fake to me than banning gas stoves it, because of asthma. It's almost like things just get thrown out there so we argue about that. Oh my god, I can't believe what am I going to do without my gas stove? And then you realize, oh, nobody's really trying to ban them. <laughs> this is just a joke. Yeah, well, you know, it was on uh, CNN Business. That's where I got the story. And you know, uh, CNN, for the most part, uh, depending on who you want to believe, does not dabble in fake news unless it's absolutely necessary. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, the other thing that I was, uh, you know, I don't really like to get into the government workings at all, but, uh, you know, this vote that they had yesterday uh, to ban the IRS and come up with, like, a like a one-tax system. Yeah. How come we haven't done that? For all the flexing Ooh. over the years, when either party, either yeah. party had control of the House and the Senate, you know, that's happened uh, quite a few times over the last 20 years or so. Right. That they don't, neither of them, neither party does anything about that. Well, you have to understand from their perspective, most of the people that are in government are taxpaying citizens. Um, but they use the system to not pay as many taxes. Like anybody, you know, different uh, deductions. Yeah. You know, there's this thing they write but, off, that thing they write. But the reason why they don't change it is, is if they came up with a better system, all those rich people who are in Congress would have to pay more taxes. Yeah. It's the same reason that even though common sense would dictate it'd be a wonderful idea, but they're never going to have term limits either. It seems like they only bring these up when they have no control to do anything they, about they it. They only bring it up yeah. when it may affect an election cycle because nobody wants to have anything to do with the IRS unless it's absolutely necessary. Okay, so, you know, they go, oh, we're not going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to eliminate the IRS. We're all going to vote on this and we're going to, yeah. we're going to think. And then by the time it gets to the Senate, it's going to be squashed anyway. Of course. So it's just for show. You're just doing this for show. What? Why, when you had full control, did you not do anything about this? Because... It's all rhetoric. 
This has, has nothing to do. This kind of conversation has nothing to do with reality or their intention. It's all about convincing you, hey. the voter, that they're wor- they're looking out for us. These are the same people that put us into this mess. Nobody's looking out for you. Nobody's looking out for you. No, and the, at least of which the government. They're looking out for themselves, which means they may tell you. We need to do something. Let's get rid of this IRS. Let's build a brand new system of taxation with a new agency and, involved and, in it. But you know what? None of them really but, have the stomach to do it. But just, that would get that does get people fired up. Yeah, because it, it it made me go, well, yeah. Why do we have this ridiculous system? Right. Of trying to figure out how much money. And when it fails, when it fails, then the party that tried to push it can say. We, we tried doing that. But the Democrats stopped it, or the Republicans yeah, squashed see, it. This is why I don't get immersed in this politics stuff, because they're all lying to each other. And they're lying to everybody else. I don't even all know if, of them are. I don't even know if they're lying to each other, because it's like offsetting lies. It's a, it's just basically the way they do business. It's rhetoric. It's uh, promises that are unfulfilled, and we just believe, oh, my God, they're the ones that squash it. No, because it was never a ch- snowball's chance in hell it would ever pass. It's just a way of just posturing. And then, uh, and then this guy that got elected to the speaker, yeah. how many votes did they go through? Fifteen. Fifteen. You know, this it it's just goes to show you how much they don't care about everybody else. They really don't. No. It's all about whose member is bigger, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like it's a it's a, a show of, of your of your uh, of your gonads uh, off to everybody else. Fifteen times you know, and they like, couldn't come up with it until the fifteenth time. If I were trying out for like a baseball team and I failed to make the cut fifteen times, you know what I would decide in mm. my head? Maybe this job isn't for me. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe baseball isn't really uh, my thing. Yeah. I would think that if you were trying to become the Speaker of the House and you were voted down twice, that should be enough. Will you say, I think I'm going to do something well, else? Well, I mean, I know sometimes they do those votes as like a, it's like a, as, um, it's already seven o'clock. We really don't have time to get into this. No. But sometimes they do that ceremoniously. Like, oh, we're just doing the vote ceremoniously so we can time. honor this person or whatever. But that's like one or two times. Yeah, fifteen times is a farce. This whole thing is a this whole thing is a scam. It's Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters. Before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, remember the good old days when hazing was seen as a simple rite of passage, when it was just a harmless requirement that was seen as a necessary step for admittance into a social club, team, or organization? Well, those days of picking up olives off a block of ice with your bare butt cheeks is now a thing of the past, due to the fear that such rituals are triggering and emotionally hurtful. And while I'm all for protecting somebody's mental well-being, today we have strayed so far away from the days of being paddled on all fours to pledge the frat that we have sucked all the fun out of simple team building. For example, Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois has announced that they will be conducting an internal investigation into allegations of hazing that have been uh, conducted within its football program. 
Apparently, the university has a strict policy against hazing of any form, and while the details of what happened at Northwestern are vague and sketchy, the school has opted to bust things wide open with an investigation that they believe will get to the bottom of whatever the hell happened with the football team. And to do this, they've alerted the team that they have hired an independent attorney to lead that investigation. Now, I can tell you this. If I were a season ticket holder or a team booster, my first question wouldn't be who was violated in the hazing situation. My first question would be, isn't playing for Northwestern punishment enough? I mean, this is a team that finished in last place in the Big Ten Conference with a record of one win and 11 losses. Their worst season in 33 years. If you're desperate enough to play football at Northwestern, You don't really need to be involved in any psychologically traumatic events. Just putting the uniform on your body is shameful enough. Being forced to go full fear factor just to make the team is like child's play compared to actually having to suit up and play for Northwestern football. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Where are you going to put all that stuff cluttering your kitchen counter? Clogging up your garage? You want to go to Rocky's, get shelving and storage bins. They're on sale now. It's a new year, and the theme is decluttering with Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 712 and ZZ Top with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be a mix of rain and snow today with a high of 43. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 54. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Zolak will be joining us after 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about uh, Patriot football. Uh, kind of wrapping things up since there's uh, no more football for the Patriots for the rest of the season. And uh, also after 9, a, uh, a tribute to Jeff Beck, who uh, died yesterday at the age of 78. A tribute? Yeah. What are we going to do? I'm going to play a couple of Jeff Beck songs. Talk to his family, his friends. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Hey, uh, were you a fat kid? Uh, very. I was a fat kid. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was. Uh, I've. Uh, I used to be a very thin kid, and then uh, we moved, and there were like no kids in the neighborhood, so yeah. I was far less active. Well, active if you consider the uh, the jog I would make from the couch to the fridge, yeah. and then back to the couch. I was a latchkey kid. Yeah, I was too for a while. Yeah. What does that really mean, though? <clears throat> there were people in my house sometimes, but not all the time. I was just I would just come home by myself in the afternoon until my parents got home in the late afternoon. Yeah, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I did too. Okay. And uh, while they were gone, I would eat everything in the house because what else was there to really do? Snack time. Well, I got this uh, story. Th- Can I do a story that may or may not be proven to be fake news later on? Yeah, I'll, I'll prove you wrong, but go ahead. Because <laughs> apparently I'm on a roll with that. For the first time in 15 years, the American Academy of Pediatrics is out with new guidelines for childhood obesity. Doctors are now recommending that children be treated early and aggressively, including prescribing medication and uh, and surgery. Uh, high blood pressure medication, you know, you know, bariatric procedures for children. Yeah. Now... The reason I'm, uh, I mean, well, there's lots of reasons I bring that up. But before I do, why don't you hand me some of them chocolate balls? Yeah, there's a whole bag of them right here. <laughs> Lint chocolates. Yeah, 60% much, cacao. Much rather be talking about this when I'm uh, packing down a couple of balls of chocolate. But uh, the new guidelines, uh, so there's more evidence than ever that treating obesity in children is safe and effective. Watching or waiting or delaying treatment is no longer recommended. And then if your child is overweight, 
uh, 14.5 million children in the U.S. are considered to be obese, Mm -hmm. that the sooner you uh, intervene in that, the better. Now, I'm thinking, as a a fat kid, uh, surgical procedures have a lot of risk, right? Yeah. Especially elective surgical procedures. It's not like an emergency procedure where kid's appendix is about to burst or Mm -hmm. what have you. The other thing is, when it comes to medication, medication often just treats the symptoms of a condition rather than the causes of a condition. Mm -hmm. Not always, but oftentimes that's the way it goes. Unless you are a parent and able to train your kid to eat in a healthy way, a way that addresses or tries to address some of the other factors that uh, that cause obesity, I don't think you're ever going to really get ahead of it. The pediatricians can try to do whatever they can do, but you're going home well, with your kid and then deciding how you're going to make listen, this happen. Every, uh, every person is different. Uh, not everybody who eats a bunch of sugary snacks is gonna get gonna gain weight and right. and gonna uh, you know be fat and overweight and all that other good stuff. My situation was because <clears throat> and uh, because I was left home alone a lot. I was left home uh, quite often, right? Because both of my parents worked. We didn't have a lot of money, but there was snacks to have while nobody else, and all my siblings were much older than me. So I didn't have anybody to hang out with. The TV was my friend mm-hmm. because it was, you know, you stay inside. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, getting uh, picked up by a stranger out in the thing. And nobody wants a fat kid anyway. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, but but stay inside and, like, kind of shelter yourself because my parents didn't have any didn't have money for daycare. They couldn't. They didn't have money to send me anywhere, so I stayed home. There was yeah. one time when I was eight years old. I stayed home every single day during the summer. That's where I think I gained most of my weight, and that continued until I was probably about thirteen or fourteen. Thirteen, mm-hmm. when I finally joined the wrestling team at school. Yeah, and I was encouraged to do that because I was a big kid, and you know you could be a heavyweight and all this other stuff. And then and only then, until somebody gave me, you know, I had these coaches who who outlined eating habits and nutrition. It wasn't just we're, we're not just uh, running your butt off until mm-hmm. until, until you uh, till your heart stops. <laughs> we're we're also giving you information on what kind of foods you should be eating. And that really did help, and that helped in my in my like high school years as well. Yeah, because you make better choices when you have motivation to do that. See, that's if a difference. nobody's giving you any kind of nutrition assistance or telling you what to eat the right and wrong way. That's part of the problem. See, I'm trying to make excuses for myself. Uh, two things. One, uh, you may not know this to look at me, but I have incredibly dense bones. And they're very heavy. So that accounts for a good deal of my weight. Uh, I'm big boned. Secondly, um, back in the 70s when I was uh, gaining my uh, m- most amount of weight as a child, yeah, you know, the kinds of foods that uh, were thought to be great for you were things like sugary cereals, um, 
you know, you know, like certain snacks, mostly all processed food. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I would eat. Right. Yeah, you know, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of uh, nitrates or processed food. All seemed uh, perfectly but, healthy. But, and and people will look at you and go, well, if you didn't have a, a lot of money, you know, in my case, you didn't, apparently, well, how'd you get so fat? Well, because that kind of food is the cheapest food to buy. Exactly. Now, I was not a athletic young man. I mean, I played Little League. Uh, I played, uh, was on the tennis team for a hot second until I got kicked off the uh, off the squad. Um, I never had that, uh, that kind of coaching where someone said, hey, why don't you try eating this rather than that? I mean, my parents would say that, but you know what kid's going to listen to their parents? And, uh, you know, I mean, I just, you know, gained weight and then, you know, went off to college and just ate myself silly with mm-hmm. just garbage. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know, ramen noodles, macaroni and cheese, pizza at and like then, 11 o'clock at night. But then alcohol com- compounded with that when you were in college. Well, you had that, to wash it down somehow. Right, I could have choked that, on that, that stuff. That doesn't help you at all. No. Right. I just wonder if the American Academy of Pediatrics is telling doctors we need to treat this aggressively, whether or not parents really listen to that. And whether kids follow as, as you know, the the directions after that, it's like you know, you know we're, we're, it, it would seem to me to be a whole lot more difficult than they're making it seem, because some parents, for the very same reasons that our parents gave us the unexpected, you know, the, the 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 inexpensive, uh, you know, processed foods, was because it was quick, it was cheap, and if I can't be there to feed my kid, they can feed themselves. Right. I wonder how long it would take before any of that really starts to sink in. Because with 14.4 million kids in the U.S. suffering with obesity, it took a lot to get to this point. To me, it's going to take even more work to get them out of it. And I'm not sure it's as simple as just having the Academy of Pediatrics say, let's be more aggressive. I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that are you know, yeah. not real keen on the idea of putting their kids through bariatric surgery or even putting them on medication for that matter well exactly i mean what kind of medication are you talking about i mean blood pressure medication is fine for an adult does it i mean there there are side effects to every medication unless you can come up with a medication that takes a sluggish metabolism and turns it around then i don't know if 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 you know every kid handles those kinds of side effects real well. I, I, I really do believe that education about what you're putting into your mouth is a key to that whole thing. For a lot of people. Yeah. But not for all, because you know people's no. metabolisms are different. But there's are also different. activities you can get into, and it doesn't need to be heavy sports. A simple walk three times a week. Walk. Yeah, twenty minutes. You don't even need to. You don't even. You don't need to 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 do this like Iron Man type stuff. How about a walk to Cumberland Farms to buy a couple of twelve ounce bags of chips and then like do curls the well, entire way home? We actually, you know, the, the funny thing you mentioned that because we had a guy on the show years ago, and I remember him saying this. It was one of these like diet books or whatever. He goes, "You can pretty much call anything a diet. You can have the Big Mac diet." where you walk 10 miles to a McDonald's every day, eat a Big Mac, and then walk 10 miles back home, you're going to lose weight. It's a great way to stay in shape. But but that that's the point. Like, yeah. you know, you, you um, it's all about taking in less calories 
and being more mindful of what you're putting in your body. And I, and even at this age, even after knowing all this stuff, I still don't follow that to a T. Yeah. I mean, I but, I, I but I also think that what happens is we don't really understand how nutrition actually works because every year or two years or whatever it is, the American Academy of, uh, of Dietitians changes well, then you know, what's healthy, then what's not healthy. Then let's have this discussion in two years when they say, hey, you know that all that stuff we told you about medication and bariatric surgery for kids? We're, yeah. We don't want you to do it's that. It's like all the people say you know, that you know, skim milk and margarine was good for you. As it turns out, it's terrible for you. You know, for yeah. all the people say you should be drinking diet soda. Well, no, you shouldn't because it's worse for you. All these theories about like the food that we eat, like cows and pigs and all that stuff. Yeah, like that's just because that's what we were told that this is what makes you healthy: eating protein and eating. And that's not necessarily true. To me, there's so much information that refutes our preconceived notions of what we should be eating. That it's hard to really grasp. Well, then, what should I be eating? And what you. do I know? With what do I know is truthful and or, or just you know yeah. garbage? It's like you you can never be fully ahead of it. Here's what's helped me lose weight in the past: the anxiety diet. If you just <laughs> if you just give give yourself a stressful situation where you think you're never going to get out of it, yeah, uh, and and that makes your nerves so high that you can't eat. That's the way to go. Yeah. That's good for some people, but for some people, when we experience high levels of anxiety for like a compounded number of years, uh, the only thing that uh, gives us any satisfaction or glee is to pound food into our chow yeah, holes see, as much as possible. You just got to reverse that mentality. Yeah, I guess. You say, you know what? Let me do this the opposite way. Let me take all of these feelings and eat those instead because <laughs> there's no calories in those. They just fill your head and your heart. It's 724 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> it's did it it's again. the second time we did that I this know. morning. It's 727 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mix of rain and snow. No, it's sunny clouds. Uh, high of 43. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. Got uh, Scott Zolak coming up next hour. And after 9 o'clock, a, a special tribute to uh, Jeff Beck, who died uh, yesterday at the age of 78. Here's a... Uh, what? Do you, have no. No. Oh, do you have something else? No. Oh. No. Here's a good question for you. Uh, what's... If you won, like, the Powerball or the Mega Millions, like a big giant prize, like yeah. one of these things are... What would be the first item you would buy? Not paying off debts and mortgages and stuff like that. What would be the first item you would buy? Oh boy, that's a that's a good question. Um, the first item I would buy, you know, I just uh, realized I could use uh, like a fresh bunch of socks. <clears throat> Really? Yeah, most of my socks have got holes in them, or like they're mismatched, or uh, that's what you would buy. Yeah, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really go crazy. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to buy a yacht or a luxury vehicle or even a mansion. You know, at least not right away. First one, I'd probably either buy socks or, uh, you know, maybe uh, go to CVS, get a new prescription or something. You know, like that kind of. I'll go grocery shopping. Really. Well, you're saying the first thing I got to buy. It depends, you know. I'll, no, you know, the how first thing you fr- would buy with this massive amount of jacket. Like, you can buy a big ticket item. What's the first thing you're going to buy? Mm, boy, I don't know. Yeah, maybe grocery shopping first. Oh, yeah, not grocery shopping. Well, technically, those are big ticket items lately. <laughs> well, but You tried uh, buying a dozen eggs lately? I, I, I get so annoyed. I, I buy 
Here, here's here's my little beef with stop and shop pickup the other day. Yeah, I I I I, I love the idea that somebody else shops for you. Yeah, and then you just go and pick it up. Well, I got to start checking it more because a couple of times I've been missing a, a couple of items, and and they'll give them to you once you say, "Hey, I didn't get this" or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt. You know what I mean? To to have to go and complain about that. Sure. And then uh, I noticed yesterday I bought milk. I picked up a grocery order on Sunday. Got I, I went to go use the milk yesterday, and it's bad. It expired on the 10th, and I didn't even look. And I got it on the 8th. They picked the like the one that was going to expire soon. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not right. No. Usually it's good for a week at least. Well, I, yeah, if I'm in a grocery store, I'm buying milk. I always yeah. like reach way yeah, back me, to get to get the freshest stuff. Yeah, because that's where the fresh stuff is that they just loaded into the uh, yeah. the thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now I get to, now I got bad milk. I All right. So to- let me let me uh, ask uh, ask you mm-hmm. if you bought if you got the jackpot right the yeah. big jackpot what would be the first thing you'd buy? <sighs> Somebody to do my shopping for me. See, <laughs> like. Somebody like hire a person solely dedicated yeah. to shopping for me. Ultimately, it goes back so to groceries. I don't have to go to the store. It does. It <laughs> does eventually. And yeah. you thought I was crazy. Well, you are kind of crazy. Still got to eat. I'd buy a car too. Even if I'm worth a billion dollars, I still got to have lunch. I'd buy one of them big giant like uh, SUVs. I see people driving those things like those big giant Yukons. And yeah. Like, it's like, ooh, that's a lot of vehicle. It's more, more vehicle than I would need, but. Yeah. How many groceries could I pack into that? Somebody, into a somebody lot. That That's what I'm lot. talking about. Yeah. 7.30 news is next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. 7.33 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rum Hyundai. We're at the all-electric Ionic 5 for just 28 days. It includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. Uh, this story uh, from from yesterday, but it, it relates to that FAA thing. Yeah. Many travelers finally arrived to Bradley International Airport in Connecticut after all flights nationwide were grounded Wednesday morning due to a computer issue at the FAA. Despite the long wait, one traveler told uh, 22 News spoke with was in good spirits. Shirley Humphrey of... Uh, where is she from? Of Texas. Said she was just happy to finally have arrived in New England after being delayed several hours. I'm in Hartford, she exclaimed. And stop calling me Shirley. Why? You'd be excited to be in Hartford? That's that's pretty bad. When You, you know an airline uh, delay is pretty bad when you're excited to be in Hartford. You know, I've been in Hartford, and I find that most of the excitement happens when I'm leaving. Yes. Uh, Humphrey uh, was among the thousands of travelers dealing with major travel delays in airports across the nation Wednesday morning. I thought I was going to get on my plane at 8.05. There's nobody flying. There's no planes going in the air. Flights were grounded nationwide after the FAA computer failure left departing domestic flights stuck at the gate across the country. There was a a three-and-a-half-hour delay in Dallas, and we finally got onto the plane after I walked to four other different gates, which was also an experience. But, hey, I met some really nice people along the way. You know what sucks? She's the optimistic guy. Yeah, I know. I, I, unbelievable. And I, you thought I'm an optimist. You know what really sucks? Mm. Um, you know, depending on where you're at, you know, depending on the airport, you're either okay because there's things to do yeah. or there's nothing to do because the airport kind of stinks. 
Like, there are some airports that are set up like shopping malls. There's so many things to do or to shop mm-hmm. or to eat. or Like, you're never bored. And and they don't and things don't necessarily shut down. Like, they're open all night long. But then there are some airports with nothing. Yeah. Bradley is kind of like, uh, it's not like there's nothing going on. There are worse places than Bradley. But it lacks a, of a lot of the amenities that some are providing. Uh yeah, it does. Like, I mean, it, would, it would not be it would not be like on my top 10 airports to get stranded at. I've only been I've only been in the uh, the other ter- there's two terminals at Bradley, I believe, right? I think there are, are now, yeah. Yeah. And I've only I've only been in the one side once. Like the where the Sheraton Hotel is, yeah. But mostly all the time because I fly Southwest because uh, I like living on the edge. Um, <laughs> uh, I fly Spirit because I I love disappointment. Oh, I, you ever see those? There, there's a whole like subreddit category dedicated to Spirit Airlines videos, which is amazing. Oh, I know. Way. If you ever want, you ever want to see how uh, how the, uh, the fine folks travel, you check out the Spirit <laughs> Airlines videos. Uh, but I've but so I've only been in that one terminal uh, pretty much the whole time. There's really nothing there. It's a couple of it's a there's a I think there's a Duncan in there. There is a Duncan, and then there's the right next to a bookstore. Yeah, and there's a couple of bars and stuff and restaurants. Yeah, overpriced ones, but that's like every airport, I guess. Um, but like the Vegas airport, they got slot machines. They got so much ways to do for you to to destroy yourself before you get on an airplane. I've been, uh, I think, like like Pittsburgh is a great place to get stranded. Oh man, the things you could do at that airport, you'd be busy all day long. It's yeah. like you might as well just go to the airport just to hang out. But but like Bradley is like, oof. yeah. Once I've had like my ninth Duncan and uh, all them Munchkins, I'm like, well, now what else do I do? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, it's like yeah, okay. You I'm need kind something of, else to kill your time. You really do. Oh, you strike up a conversation with one of your fellow passengers. Oh. That's the worst. The uh, suspect wanted by police for a shooting at the uh, for a shooting at the Unicorn Bar in December walked into Holyoke District Court Tuesday to be arraigned. Holyoke Police Captain Matthew Moriarty said 35-year-old John Brown Jr. of Springfield was escorted into the Holyoke District Court by his father John Brown Sr. Downtown John Brown. Downtown. Oh, everybody, come on down. It's downtown John Brown. <laughs> I'm going to bring my son right into this Holyoke District Court, and we're going to see if he's going to be a rainer coming home with me today or not. Let's go. Now, that, that's a pretty good Julie Brown impression. It's, a pretty, it's actually very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, he was processed and taken to a local facility. Brown Jr. was wanted for attempted murder, firearm discharge within 500 feet of a building, and a slew of other charges. Uh, Captain Moriarty said uh, Holyoke Police Detectives discovered Brown Jr. was at the Holyoke District Court. Upon detectives arriving at court, they were advised Brown Jr. had been processed, transported, and was not on scene. Yeah, well, you know, I mean... uh, Officers were called to a shooting at the Unicorn Bar on High Street around 8.45 p.m. Saturday, December 17th. They found a Hispanic man on the floor of the bar that had been shot several times. An investigation found that after the victim was shot several times, he fell on the floor... Brown Jr. then allegedly shot the victim again while he was on the floor, and then he walked away from the incident. The victim is still in the hospital for his injuries. Yeah, I, I was under the impression that this person had passed away when this happened, but I yeah, guess I that's not uh, that's not what's that's not what's going on. 
the Holyoke High School North staff had to make a difficult decision on Monday to cancel the school's junior and senior prom. Uh, and then they go and talk to a parent who, uh, you know, explains that uh, the tickets are 60 bucks each. And, you know, <sighs> she's trying to rob Peter to pay Paul in order to buy these tickets for the kid. And then they wound up canceling it because they were supposed to sell 90 tickets by January 5th and they haven't done that. So now the whole can- prom is canceled. 60 bucks seems like a lot, but anytime you have like a function that like includes like a dinner or something like that, 60 bucks, depending on where it is. It's 60 bucks, plus you gotta, it, it, plus you gotta, you formal know, clothes, yeah, and, and transportation, and things I don't, like that. I don't remember what my prom cost. I don't believe it was like 60 bucks, but that's, you know, it, it winds up being an expensive night. It's, it's just, it's an expensive night, but you're talking about like people can't afford stuff right now to, to to go out and do these things. Is there any other alternative you can come up with in order for these kids to have a prom? What about all the you know we did this whole thing when the pandemic and people were doing parades and all this other stuff by people's homes Man. because the kid was graduating or going to the prom and they couldn't go to the prom and all this other stuff. Oh, they're gonna miss out on their prom. Well, how come people aren't stepping up for this one? It's a good point. Seriously. I mean, uh, where are they supposed to have it? I I don't know, but I'm sure at 60 bucks a pop, it was probably a banquet facility that offered dinner and all that other good yeah. stuff. And and th- those things do cost money. I, it, you can't blame the venue for charging what they charge. That's probably the cheapest one that they picked. Same thing with, uh, you know, formal wear you know, stores. I mean, they the, the, the charge is the charge. You, you, know know? What you, you know what you got to do? You got to approach a, like a local Elks club. Like the Holyoke Elks. Say, hey, look, can we have our prom here? We'll, uh, I'm sure they'll give it to you at a discount because, uh, you know, uh, the overhead is not that much over here at this yeah. building. And by the way, would you mind not selling booze between these hours that night? Well, they would do that. They would, would they? Yeah, yeah. Because isn't that really the whole point of those clubs? There's, it's not the the point. But it is the clubs. primary reason why people join. It is their primary source of income. Right. But, but you can also have income by having other things there. Like you can have a dinner made. You can have a juice bar there. You can have, uh, you know, all kinds of different things. You can fit all those kids there. I suppose. Not this year, though. No, not not, not this one. Uh, the most important thing when committing a crime is not attracting attention to yourself. This is obviously the first day of the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge. <laughs> this is the day the syllabus is passed out. Yet, people keep making mistakes over and over and over again. Two men in their 30s were arrested in Florida last Thursday for allegedly committing multiple burglaries. They were caught because their truck didn't have a license plate, and it just had the cardboard sign that said stolen tag. Didn't we talk about this already? Believe so. That they had the thing drawn on there <laughs> that said stolen tag on it? So yes. So it brought up the other story of the license plate out of New York State. Where this guy, this was going back to like 2014, right? This guy had a license plate that was drawn, but it looked exactly like a New York State license plate. That's ingenuity right there. Because you need a kid who's got some artistic talent. Yeah. So I think with this new college of knowledge and between this idiot with the uh, the cardboard, uh, that was the one that said expired tag on it. Really? You have an expired, you have a piece of cardboard that says you don't have a registration. How did you ever let anybody know that you did that? (laughs) 
But uh, the, the class would be, listen, uh, get somebody. You got to network when you're doing these things. Find somebody with a 3D printer. You can easily yeah. do that nowadays. A Have point. somebody make up a fake license plate for you. And there's got to be somebody in your in your uh, in you know in your life somewhere that's got significant artistic talent. Yeah, that could you know fake a Massachusetts plate. Well, it's not that hard. There's people who make fake IDs all the time that actually have working barcodes on the back of them. Yeah. So why couldn't you make a fake license plate? It's a good question. With all, take all that drug money that you got, take all that uh, burglary money that you got, and invest a little bit into your business. Yeah, don't just waste it, yeah. you know, on more drugs or guns. Yeah. Invest it in something that's going to help do you, you ex- do, succeed. Do you want to teach a class at this school? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, finances? Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah, I'll all be right. You know, I'm not, a really, I'm not really a finance guy, but, yeah, I could probably, uh, you know, teach those with absolutely no common sense uh, we, how to handle their money. Professor Baxendale. And Professor is just a, it's, you know, I just give you yeah, the name no, it, Listen, I understand. And we can call it the Backs of Life. Oh, Lord. I think we should do that. Pretend that never happened. A lot of people pretend that would never happen. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be a uh, mix of rain and snow this morning when I have 43. Tomorrow. I will only do it if there's an appropriate theme song uh, to go along with it. Be careful what you wish for, my friend. Be careful what you wish for. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 1. Winter is here, and it's Classic Rock. It's 751 and Journey with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a mix of rain and snow this morning with a high of 43, and then tomorrow rainy with a high of 54. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Zolak joining us in just a few minutes. We're going to wrap up the entire Patriot season in about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. 10, 15 minutes. I was hoping we could talk to him all the way through February. Well, it's just a, uh, I think not. No. Hey, uh, hey, you ready? I am ready. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Well, you had uh, all that news about the uh, the flights being grounded yesterday. Yes. And a lot of, like, airplane videos started going viral, like things related to flying. Probably because people were bored, and they're like, well, it's a... Uh, if I complain on TikTok or Twitter or something like that, I'll I'll get the hashtag, and then you see other videos. You go right. down this little rabbit hole. Well, here's a, a – would you like to get special treatment on your next flight? Of course. Here's a former flight attendant telling you how to do it. You ready? Yes. Being a flight attendant is exhausting. You're always in different time zones, waking up crazy hours, and dealing with angry customers. So I promise you, the next time you fly, if you want special treatment from the flight attendants – this is all you have to do. $5 Starbucks gift cards. It means the world to us when a customer gives us this. And if you don't have gift cards, you can just pick up some candy bars, lip balm, anything, and give them to your flight attendants. We will know where you're sitting, and we will know what you look like, and the whole crew will make sure you are taken care of. Really? Really? If I give a $5 Starbucks gift card to a flight attendant, I will get special treatment? What do you expect to get? I don't know. Like a like a free bag of pe- uh, uh, pretzels and a drink, lip balm, please. Why? Because you're dehydrating the air. Is Your that what it mouth is? seems particularly dry. Yeah. You know what? Uh, maybe the maybe the airline should be giving you enough money <laughs> to buy these things yourself. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to rely on me to moisturize your lips. Starbucks. Who's got money for Starbucks no, cards? Kidding. I just spent three hundred and fifty dollars on a one way ticket for an hour flight. <laughs> 
Uh, I just spent $15 on a cocktail inside a airport bar. You want me to give you lip balm? Uh, here's another one from the uh, from the airlines. Does the middle seat person on both on the uh, does a middle seat person on a plane get both armrests? Uh, I suppose theoretically they could share the armrest. Yeah, sure. Here, here's a flight attendant with the answer. If you are sitting in the middle, you get both armrests. Don't be that person who's sitting at the window, who gets the window, plus this outer armrest, and then takes the middle armrest. Middle gets middle armrest. If you're sitting at the window, you get to control the window panel. If you're not, unfortunately you don't. They get to say. You can ask nicely, but if they don't want to, they don't have to. If it's not takeoff or landing. Yeah, I hate that when uh, somebody's messing with the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, keep if it up. it's like really bright outside and you really want darkness and then somebody's going, oh, I want to see what it looks like outside the plane. Please do it. But, you know, there's really nothing else to see. And if you see something outside that window, there's a problem. Mm. Do you want another flight attendant one or do you want to, because uh, this is obviously the same woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to move on whenever All right, you are. let's move on to the next one. Uh, an Australian scientist took to TikTok to claim that every single tea bag contains the DNA from up to 400 insects. Well, then stop doing that to each other, guys. <laughs> Here's Dr. Cruzlo making the claim. I can't remember. Okay. Did you know that when you analyze a typical tea bag, you can find the DNA of 400 different types of insects? And this DNA is usually fairly fragile, easily destroyed by ultraviolet and by getting washed away by the rain, but it does survive when the conditions are dark and dry as inside a tea bag. Tea fields are a hive of biodiversity tea. Hey, there's bugs on your tea bag. We call them panty crickets. <laughs> well, Steve, how do you like your tea bag? Oh, I like my tea bag just dragged up and down and then getting all the bugs <laughs> off the top before I put them in my bowl. You know what I'm saying? Is that even an Australian accent? I, what I, is don't, even that? What I that don't even is. know what that is. Uh, and we got one more. Okay. A, uh, an Ohio man was arrested after doing a backflip in front of officers to prove that he was sober. Here's the moment Tanner Watson did the flip to prove that he was not under the influence, but the police weren't buying it. That's good, man. That's pretty good. I can't do that. Have you had any psychedelic drugs today, man? No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. I'm just trying to be straightforward with you, bro. Your driving's pretty bad. Your eyes are super glossy. I guess no blue's coming from you. I'm going to have you walk down the middle of the sidewalk. Ah, uh, see, they didn't buy it. But you hey, would, uh, you you would think that gymnastic ability would be uh, you know one of those things that would get you off of a of a DUI. That was another uh, drunk video I saw where this kid's trying to do a flip in front of all of his friends at a party, and he flips, but his head hits the glass coffee table, and the glass coffee table <laughs> shatters, and then they're all. But he's like, he's clearly like hammered. Sure. And so he doesn't really feel, even though he's getting up and walking, he doesn't feel the blood rushing down his face from the cuts that he just got yeah. from the glass table. I don't think you're going to convince a cop that you're not drinking unless you stick that dismount. Uh, that was the old um, Reno 911 video. Where, oh, they, uh, they ask you to dance. Where they're making you dance. Wendy, whatever her name was on the show, Wendy yeah. McC uh, McClevey or whatever her name was. She's yeah. The guy does the dance, and he's teaching her how to do the dance. And she goes, "Wow, you're pretty good. Are you a dancer?" And he's like, "No, I'm just drunk." And then that, that's how it ends. She's like, "All right, put your hands behind your back." 
And that is uh, is now here. This it is seven fifty seven with Bax and Nagel at Rock one hundred two. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters. Before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, it's official. Just one day after the last drawing for the $1 billion Mega Millions jackpot, which nobody won, the Boston Red Sox held a press conference officially introducing everybody to the contract they gave Raphael Devers to stay in Boston. Now, while that contract is the biggest, fattest, thickest contract ever given to a Red Sox player who stayed with the team, there are some financial provisions within this new deal that are very intriguing. You see, they didn't just give Devers an 11-year contract worth $331 million. That would have been too simple. That would have required them to shake out the sofa cushions and the floor mats to come up with the extra cash. Instead, the Red Sox will be paying Devers nearly $75 million in deferred compensation. Now, what the hell does that mean? It means that what he doesn't get paid now, he will get paid at a later time. In other words, it's the I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for the Fenway Frank Today approach to a contractual obligation. Here's how that works. Each year, the team will defer $7.5 million from his annual salary. That money will then become payable 10 years after the year in which it is earned. And he'll receive that money in two payments per year, half in February, the other half in November. He'll also receive a $20 million signing bonus, which will be split up in $5 million increments over the first four years of his contract. And if the Red Sox ever feel like they want to trade him to another team, the other team will have to pay Devers $2 million. Now, seeing that I only have 3,167 days before I retire from this godforsaken business, I have tried to imagine applying the same sort of financial structure to my own contract here at Rock 102. And frankly, because it involves a series of very complicated mathematical operations, I was able to put that idea to rest after only 38 seconds. Sure, deferred compensation sounds great, but I'm pretty sure it's not being offered anywhere in the real world. That's mostly because it requires a certain level of accounting genius that can only be constructed at the major league level. And you're certainly not going to find any of that around here. But hey, it's my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Let's talk snowblowers. You going errands or ego? Either way, go to Rocky's. Get an ego battery-powered snowblower or an errands, the king of snow. Rocky's is your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. To Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810, and the Scorpions are back to Nagel and Rock 102. A uh, mix of snow, which it's actually doing right now, and rain today with a high of 43. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 54. It's 32 in downtown Springfield. Sure, it'd be great if the Patriots are going into uh, the playoffs, but of course, they're not. It ain't going to happen. On the phones right now, brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. It's Scott Zolak. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. I'm I think I should pat myself on the back here because I really haven't blown off any of these interviews, right? No. no. Like, uh, there, there were times last year where I totally forgot like one day or two. And for whatever reason, Thursdays, my mind just goes nuts. Like my morning sucks. <laughs> and, and the phone's ringing. I'm picking up the trash today. My wife's like, oh, my God, they're calling you. And I go, that's right. I was doing a raffle interview. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great year, man. Yeah, you know. you guys. Well, we, you know, we appreciate you coming on, especially, you know, since we, you know, we weren't sure exactly, uh, you know, whether you'd be up to something like this after, you know, what happened 
in uh, in in Buffalo. When you when you're sitting there you know, as a as a broadcaster and you're and you're you got a long afternoon of uh, of color commentary to provide and within yeah, yeah. 15 seconds a guy returns a kickoff for a touchdown and does it again. Do you just sit there and going, "Oh my god, this is going to be a long day." Anger, pissed off, um you know, because I'm so excited. I was talking about that with Sosie, you know, a play-by-play guy. And I'm like, wow, it feels like it feels like we're calling a real game. Like, because uh, there were times this year where it was kind of just like a malaise, and you know, it's been a roller coaster season, and you can tell when a game's not a big game. But we've called a lot of big games in past years, and that one felt like that game had juice, and it felt like they came to play, which was great, off offensively and defensively. Just the special teams gave up two touchdowns. Like that's unheard of. You're never going to win a game especially up there in Buffalo like that. Um, it's just such such a weird week with the Tamar Hamlin stuff. And yeah. I mean, there were times last week when I talked to you guys, we didn't know if we were definitely going to Buffalo. Right, right, for, right. For them to play in that environment, it was, it was you know, it's great for the Bills. Do, do you think, though, that that had any effect on the way Buffalo played, uh, played that game? I mean, it's if you didn't have that incident with Damar – would the right. energy have been different for the Bills uh, uh, on last week's game? They're, they're always juiced up up there. And I, I think, you know, that, that opening kickoff set it all. Like, that was their big burst. And then, then the game after the first four minutes really settled down. You know, what? I didn't notice anything like that. I think the fact that they got good, we got, you know, the whole NFL community got good news on him at the end of the week that they felt that like, they could go out there and play now. If the news was bad, he never really came around. I don't know how they would have continued to play. Like that would have really weighed on their minds. Like you lose sleep, uh, you can't prepare, you can't focus. But uh, you know, just just him, you know, being able to communicate with his team, uh, allowed them to go out there and focus. It was a regular game. It was a regular game to me. All right. So yeah. who do you think is going to get fired now? <laughs> yeah. Who gets fired first? From here? Yeah. Honestly, I don't think anybody. You know, like, you know, we're, we're four days into it, man. We're yeah. four days post mortem here. Um, you got to remember, like Patricia and Judge are being paid by the Giants and the Detroit Lions. You're not even paying those guys, but they're very close with Bill. They've won Super Bowls with Bill. Bill respects the hell out of them. Now there could be a reshuffling within the within the staff where you know Mayo gets elevated defensive coordinator to make sure that he doesn't leave. We got to make sure we keep him. You know, move Patricia back up to like you know senior advisor to Bill, assistant head coach, something like that. Maybe put Nick Cayley into the play calling duties, who maybe should have had it this year, and you know slide Judge over to special teams and make Cam Accord his assistant. Like Bill likes these guys. I don't see Robert going into like gun to the head. Hey, you got to make these moves, but you do need to make adjustments. We do we do need to correct things. I think Bill. I think Bill knows that. Bill knows he needs to correct things on offense. Offense was not good this year. You know, Mr. Kraft has been you know very open. He you know, wrote this letter to to fans and to season ticket holders how every aspect of of the uh, the on field uh, you know team activities are going to be reassessed. Yeah. Obviously, a reshuffling makes a lot of sense, but I think it really comes down to you still have to get the players to support. Uh, to, to support Mac Jones, you still need. I mean, he's still, 
you know, interceptions. He's was, you know, there's been a lot of sacks against yeah. the guy, and you've seen the frustration in Mac Jones boil over. And some people are very critical of him, but I mean, really, he hasn't gotten what he needed, what he has needed to do, and what he was drafted on. I mean, he was drafted based yeah. upon you know how intelligent he is, and you know all this stuff. He hasn't been had a chance to play like I think Mac Jones believes he has the ability to play. Yeah, I mean, there's something different than last year. There, there definitely was. Um, this year did not, I, I, I think, help him. Now, you do get experience. Experience does help you. But within the right system, he he can really function and function at a high level. We saw that a year ago, you know, under our old offense uh, with that structure, that Brady-type structure. Um, this was a little different. You know, it's West Coast. They wanted to play fast. They didn't play fast. Uh, you know, Matt, it's the first year for him calling plays. So, you know, Matt, you know, last year, you know, Matt comes into a situation where you get a guy like Josh that's been called plays for 20 years. You know, it's, yeah. you, you get a totally different type coach and trust level. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's not only Matt. I think, I think the whole team needs to buy in on whatever changes are, are going to happen here. You know, because I'm looking at the like the uh, the like the, the the box score of what happened on Sunday in, in in Buffalo, and the reality is, even though they lost, and you had those two uh, Naheem Hines, uh, you know, kickoff returns, and a couple of real big plays by by Buffalo towards the end. When you look at the score throughout most of the game, they were not that far out of it up until like the the fourth no. quarter. I mean, they 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 could have. Made a real you know push to to have this thing go the other way. I mean, it, it was close it enough to it control. Really, it, 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 yeah, it sucks. It sucks because you take that fourteen away. You're there with Buffalo. You know, you you showed you if you play hard and you and you and you and you attack and you go downfield on offense, you can play with these guys because the defense isn't that great for Buffalo. They're good, but they're not great. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, you're down twenty two nothing to Cincinnati. You come back, you drive, and you fumble in the red zone. You're going to beat Cincinnati. Like those are two teams. That's a number two and number three seed that you can play with. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you can play with Kansas City, but we always play Kansas City well. We match up well with them as far as keeping Mahomes in check. You know, we don't, he doesn't explode against us. Um, and it's just it's two freaking plays. Like you call that guy out against the Raiders, we win that game, and you're a freaking nine win team. You're automatically in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, something breaks right for you in that Cincinnati game. You're, you're all of a sudden the 10-win team or an 11-win team if you win two more. Like, that's how, that's that fine line, man. It's just they can't get over that fine line hump. But you are what you are. You're 8-9. You could have been a 10-11-win team. Looking at the uh, the matchups for, for this weekend, obviously you, you know, Buffalo's going to take on Miami. Two is not going to play. He's in concussion protocol. Is this the second or the third time he's in it? Certainly the, the second time he's in it. Yeah, Buffalo seems to be kind of in a position to win that one just you know, flat out. I mean, it, it, do you feel the same way? Yeah, it worked out for them. You know, they get to buy. I find it ridiculous that if this thing breaks, that you're going to have a neutral site AFC title game. I think that's ridiculous. I think Kansas City gets screwed there. Um, you know, uh, Cincinnati obviously gets screwed too. You know, um, you know they they handled the they handled the situation better than anybody could. And, you know, they they should. You know, there was a. There was a process in line that win percentage figures all this out. And then the league goes and changes it, you know, right before the playoffs. Um, I don't know why the owners voted that way. They needed 25 to pass. I mean, they needed 24 to pass it. They got 25. So uh, there were there were some that didn't want to do it. I believe teams like Baltimore, uh, New England, 
um, Cincinnati probably didn't vote for that, especially Kansas City. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're. I think you're right. It does. It does hurt them. But if it if it winds up being Buffalo and Kansas City in the in the uh, in the championship game, it's really no yeah. reason to believe that you know Kansas City probably wouldn't win it anyway. Yeah. See, I think they got to play that in a cold weather cold weather environment, right? Yeah. Because yeah, they're talking about like they looked at Indy or maybe SoFi, but like, why are you going to move that game to Dome or Minnesota? But you got to make it drivable for both fan bases, but. Jesus, if you're Kansas City, you're number one seed. You played the year. Why? Why should you have to go on the road and play a neutral site? It, it makes no sense to me. I think I think the league messed this one up. I really do. So, um, with the with the season over for the Patriots, obviously you talk about you know some shuffling of of uh, of, of you know personnel on the on the coaching end. They're going to go into a draft, yeah. and you know I don't know exactly where they sit in in the in the draft. Probably somewhere towards 14th. the fourteenth. Yeah, 14th where what do you see them them drafting should they be looking at, at linemen should they be looking at receivers what what should they do I think you need a stud offensive tackle I mean you need you need protection for the quarterback um and you're gonna find one of those guys you see Georgia the other night like you could draft their whole line um like six six three forty the whole line across um but you need a big time tackle you need a big time backside tackle I don't know if Trent Brown's gonna be back you don't know what you got front side um but you go there, yeah. I'd, I'd go offensive tackle. You uh, you look at uh, TCU players and <laughs> and pick apart that team for drafting. They were in that game. <laughs> embarrassing. They were in that game. Like the uniform didn't even look. It looked like a high school uniform. It, you know, just, I can't believe they were in that game. I really can't. Like Ohio State's going to sit home. Nick Saban's going to sit on set and watch Alabama not play in it. Now I know people are sick of seeing the SEC and Ohio State and all that, but you know all the talent there. Those are the best teams. LSU, you know. Um, those type of teams should be in that game, not TCU. Nice I, year, nice I, little year. Excuse me. I mean, Cinderella story to get blown out sixty-five to seven. I you know, I don't know who's a bigger loser in this, whether it's TCU or ESPN, well, but that was an awful game. Well, I mean, you had two great games a week prior, right? Yep. On Saturday, on New Year's Eve day. So I don't know which one you take. Would you rather have that and have a crappy title game, or would you rather have a great title game and you know, two crappy uh, playing games where you blow everybody out? I don't know. Like that Duggan kid, he won a Davey O'Brien Award as yeah. best quarterback. Well, I watch him play two games. I, I, I don't, I don't think he's good. You know, the, the thing is that, uh, about it, Scott, that I, I have never, forever, I have always uh, never understood how you know, college football gets away with determining a national champion. No matter how they did it, no matter how they have done it, it is always kind of a messed up system, a, a messed up way of doing it. And when you have a matchup like this. 65 to 7. This should never have happened this way. To me, it's no. just it just shows that college football for everything that's great about it, it's a farce yep. towards the end of the season with the national champion and and has been for years. It's not perfect. It, it, it's not perfect. They're going to go to the 12 game playoff next year, which helps, I think, cuz I think, you know, those first couple of rounds will weed out the TCUs of the world. You know, TCU got lucky. I mean, not lucky. They played well against Michigan. Michigan stunk that game. You know, yeah. they they blew it inside the red zone. You know they should have had the one touchdown call. They called the called it uh, down at the one. I mean uh, they didn't play well in that game. And credit to TCU, but I think the 12, 12 game play in um, helps that. And I do remember, like we would look in college when I was playing in college in early years in the pros, which team was going to be ranked preseason number one. And if you were at the table, you were a national champ. You would go to Sugar Bowl, and whether it was Nebraska or Georgia or you know Penn State back in the day, Miami. You know, Miami had three national titles. Um, 
if you were number one preseason and you ran the table, you're guaranteed you know national title. So. So, um, they're trying, I think, to make it work to have some sort of a playoff system. All right, uh, Scott, uh, now that we have to wrap this up, but let me just ask you a question. Yeah. Does Mrs. Zolak have a list of things for you to do around the house now? <laughs> Our house is destroyed. Our Christmas tree's still up. Uh, well, see? <laughs> see, something for you to do. Here's something you can do. Yeah. It's not like you're busy this well, week. Well, well, you're busy gallivanting all over the country watching football games. Now yeah. you can finally get stuff done. Our house is destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a goal yeah, post uh, in front of your trash can? Because I would, I would totally have that. I went in the backyard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, there, there you go. go. There, That's good. That's cool. good. Hey, listen, enjoy. Yeah, kid there. You, know, you always got to pick football. Walk outside, pick football, put football in the bed, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's too bad that the season is over. Now you have to enjoy a broadcast career with radio. You poor bastard. I don't know how you're going to put up with it. I know. We got to keep, keep staying number one. Keep staying number one. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Very good. Keep hey, checking. Scott, thanks for joining us hey, guys, this season. We'll do it again next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We appreciate it. Day 24. Bax and Nagel with Scott Zolak at Rock 102. It's 827 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a mix of snow and rain. It's actually snowing right now outside. And that's going to change over to completely rain. And then rain tomorrow as well with a high of 54. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, tomorrow, comedian Marty Caproni will be in the studio. It'll also be an open line Friday. And uh, about a half hour from now, maybe a little bit more than a half hour from now, uh, a special tribute to uh, Jeff Beck who died yesterday at the age of 78 from bacterial meningitis. Bad way to go. Uh, and uh, unbelievably talented guitar player. We'll play a little bit of music from him uh, just after 9 o'clock. The big tribute show. Yeah, that's right. Big okay, tribute. Right here on Rock 102. Uh, we have news coming up next on Rock 102. Here's 830 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man accused of shooting a chef point blank in a crowded bar following an argument over a sandwich is being held without bail until a dangerous hearing can be conducted. This is, uh, this is more detailed than what we've gotten previously from the shooting in Holyoke at the Unicorn uh, Bar. Can I ask a, yeah. a question that may uh-huh. seem slightly insensitive? Uh-huh. What kind of sandwich was it? Well, uh, this is where it kind of gets interesting. The 35-year-old John Brown Jr. of Springfield was arraigned on Tuesday in Holyoke District Court on a variety of charges, including attempted murder, assault and battery with a firearm, and uh, yada, yada, yada. It's yada, yada, over the best part. I mentioned the sandwich. Uh, Brown has been on the lamb since Holyoke police... He was on a lamb? Was it a lamb sandwich? Maybe. It was the mint jelly. Oh, he didn't get any mint jelly with the sandwich. Maybe that's Oh, that's it, yeah. Uh, since Holyoke police detectives applied for and received a warrant for his arrest on December 29th, he was escorted to Holyoke District Court on Tuesday by his dad, John Brown Sr., who works in human resources for the Hamden County Sheriff's Department and quickly arraigned. A judge ordered Brown held without bail until a dangerousness hearing scheduled for January 17th. Brown is uh, being held at the Hampshire County House of Corrections. The shooting occurred at about 8.45 p.m. on December 17th in the Unicorn Pub, a popular bar frequented by local politicians at 126 High Street. It took place after a family party held in a private room that was reserved by Brown's sister. Uh, The party ended at about 7.15, but a handful of the patrons lingered in the pub, which was also occupied by other staff and customers. The victim, who was a chef at the pub, was interviewed by police in the hospital while he was recovering from his wounds. He told the inc- uh, detectives the incident started when Brown asked him for something to eat after the party. In response, the chef gave the uh, suspect a sandwich. 
The suspect began to eat the sandwich, and as he did, he observed there was pork or bacon on it. Brown Jr. started yelling at the chef, and that evolved into a fist fight, which was broken up by other people in the bar. And as the fight was broken up, the suspect was visibly upset and began oh. yelling at the chef that if he was there when he returned, he would kill him. And between a half hour and 40 minutes later, Brown Jr. returned to the bar, this time allegedly with a gun and allegedly following through with his threats. The uh, suspect walked directly to the chef who was standing at the bar and without any provocation, pulls a handgun and shoots him at close range. It should be noted that there were several patrons in close proximity as well as the bar staff. The suspect is observed casually walking out of the bar. Uh, Okay. Um, Did this guy say at the onset, no bacon, no pork? It doesn't really matter. Because that's not the way you resolve an issue. No, I know that. I get that, and I am, I am, uh, you know, I, I cannot justify his actions at all. But because uh, to me, it's uh, you know, I don't care if the sandwich doesn't, you know, has bacon or whatever. If you, you know, this is a little bit of an overreaction. Well, actually, a lot of an overreaction. It's a huge over a sandwich. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge overreaction. The uh, the chef was shot five times in the shoulder, the back, arm, buttocks, and pelvic area. Police Jeez. quickly responded to nine one one calls and provided first aid treatment. Paramedics brought him to Holyoke Medical Center, and he was later transferred to Bay State. After reviewing bar video and interviewing multiple witnesses, at least two of whom pinpointed Brown Jr. as the suspect from an array of photographs. Police received a warrant for his arrest. The investigation also showed Brown at one time had a license to carry a gun, but that had been suspended. I, uh, yeah. That's like, a, that's not like a, a knee-jerk reaction thing. You know, it's not like, oh, my God, you put bacon on my sandwich. I didn't want bacon. I'm a, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I can't eat bacon. Right. You know? Right. And then you pull out a gun and you shoot somebody. That's kind of like that uh, heat of the moment uh, kind of reaction. Type of thing. Well, you know, if, but to walk away and leave, to think about all of that, and still say, you know what, I'm going to get my gun and I'm going back in there and taking care of this whole thing. I mean, you, you know, honestly, let's just say you have uh, that you you can't eat pork products because of religious uh, reasons. Yeah, religion. Uh, if if you're operating correctly, would also suggest that you're also not supposed to grab a gun and start shooting people. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a so religious belief or you just, you just don't don't like, don't like bacon or yeah. pork. I mean, either way, it's an overreaction. I said no bacon. None. Okay, well, sorry. Uh, I can get you another sandwich, or will you just remove the bacon? Uh, Ed Kabosiak Jr. You know who that is? Uh, yeah. Who is he? He's the guy uh, who, in this story, you are about to talk about. Mass Live Vice President of Content. That's the other guy I was thinking it was. He has left the company effective immediately, the president of Mass Live announced Wednesday. Kabosiak had been suspended since December 21st following an arrest by East Long Middle Police in charge of domestic assault. That charge was subsequently dropped after the alleged victim recanted and refused to press charges. After completing an internal investigation and discussing matters with Ed, we have terminated Ed's employment, said uh, Tim Kenny, president of Bat Live. Kennedy said uh, Mass Live reviewed the arrest record and court dismissal and got information from the other party involved. They talked with employees at Mass Live as well during the course of the investigation. Kennedy said he can't reveal details in what is an internal personnel matter. 
the decision to make the result public was reached because uh, Kennedy said Mass Life felt that it had been a responsibility as to be as transparent as they could be. Right. So wait a minute. The guy who does your content is no longer there. Yes, that's right. Yes. Do we need to hire another content editor? Why start now? <laughs> Maybe we should vet the next person just a little bit better. Oh, Kate Barron, the veteran news executive, will assume the role of interim editor while Mass Live conducts a national search for a new leader. Well, there you go. Yeah, okay. Things are all well at Mass Live over there. Yeah, well, I it mean... It still uh, took them a month to release details of a story. Well, that's no that different than as, any other story they report on. Right, but I don't know, you know, it's just like... Uh, they probably got a lot of guff from people saying, well, hey... You report on people with crime all the time. How come you're not spending uh, so much time on this particular person? It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, a dangerousness hearing was held for the suspect that allegedly grabbed a Springfield officer's gun during a struggle and shot himself in the hand. A Springfield District Court judge ordered 41-year-old Joseph Gonzalez of Springfield to be held without the right to bail. He was arraigned last week and pled not guilty to uh, a slew of charges, including armed and mask robbery, assault and battery, malicious damage to a motor vehicle, and other things. According to uh, Ryan Walsh, officers received a report of an armed robbery at Metro PCS on Armory Street around 12.25 p.m. on Tuesday, December 27th. Gonzalez allegedly pulled out a knife and took an undisclosed amount of cash from the register. After uh, an officer then chased Gonzalez, which ended in a violent struggle, a good Samaritan driving by the incident got out of their vehicle and helped the officer detain Gonzalez. During the struggle, Gonzalez allegedly grabbed the officer's firearm and fired it Shooting his own finger. It's not a very, very good shot. No, it's, that's terrible. You should go to the range for that. He was arrested and taken to Bay State Medical Center for his injuries. Uh, Gonzalez is due back in court on February 8th for his pre-trial hearing. Uh, well, there you go. There's your example of somebody not <clears throat> uh, being let out. Yeah, but he's a, this guy would be like an, uh, you know, a, a danger to himself. Since he's already been shooting fingers off. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, that's the only person he's really dangerous to. <laughs> yeah, we're locking this guy up because he's kind of a dummy. Yeah. Well, he's still got nine good fingers, though, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I call him old nine. Uh, oh, my God. My sister used to call. My dad lost a finger one time. He did. He, he missed. He he got his middle finger cut off years ago. Probably That's the most back, important one. Probably back in the seventies that happened to him. Okay. And uh, he had like a half a middle finger, so he would just uh, you know stick it up sometimes <laughs> to people that he didn't like. <laughs> He's I'm only half mad at you, you know. But uh, my my sister would uh, when she would get mad at him would call him old nine and a half. <laughs> Because oh, you know, he, like, he was drunk, yeah. it wasn't like you know you, you could. He was already in a rage, so why not? Why not tick him off even more by saying calling him old nine and a half? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, a dance troupe flash mobbed a funeral with a performance of Queen's "Another One Bites the Dust" at the request. <laughs> 
at the request of a woman who wanted her send-off to be memorable but not uh, sad. So they didn't just do this without anybody's permission. This okay. is the will of the person She would have wanted it this way. Video of the event showed some mourners looking confused when the dancers emerged from pews midway through the funeral of Sandy Wood uh, from Bristol. This is England. Before they began clapping along to the rock anthem. Uh, Wood, who died in September at the age of 65, was one of 30,000 victims of, contaminated, of the contaminated blood scandal. Did you hear that in uh, Europe? They had this whole yeah, thing about I the did She had requested the stunt as part of a funeral that also included her uh, sparky high-heeled shoes and handbags being displayed alongside her pink coffin. The words, going out in style, were written on the coffin. Uh, speaking to the BBC, her friend Sam Riles said she wanted everyone to remember her funeral, but not for sad reasons. She left the world as she lived it, and she was just being herself. Riles uh, told The Sun uh, that it was difficult to find dancers willing to perform at a funeral. They said they weren't comfortable doing it. But the carpet, or, I'm sorry, the ca- cabaret dance group Flaming Feathers, who provided dance classes in Bristol and Bath, accepted the challenge. Claire Phillips, one of the uh, group's dancers, told the BBC that flash mobbing a funeral was a bit daunting, but it was also really exciting because it was a different than what we normally do. We had to sit through the ha- half the service with everyone else uh, with our coats on, so that was quite nerve-wracking because you're about to do something that nobody's expecting you to do. I'm not a big flash mob guy. In fact, I, for the most part, can't stand them, but uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Another one bites the dust at a funeral. They said when the music came on, nobody had a clue what was going to happen, and then obviously we had to jump up and do our routine. So it was scary, but a memory we'll never forget, and it was a lot of fun. And it's what she wanted. I, uh, I... Would prefer people doing things like that at my funeral. I don't want anybody, I don't want this slow, mm -hmm. somber remembrance thing. You're going to have a party and you're going to tell uncouth jokes about me. Mm -hmm. It's like the ultimate roast that I can't respond to. But uh, that's what I would want. Do you want us to prop you up at the dais? No, I don't want. I don't want to do that. I'm not going that far. I'm just talking about have a good time. I'm pretty sure that when that day finally comes, God forbid, that uh, you know we'll be making funny no matter what. You know, obviously there are people who uh, who pass away in this world uh, that you obviously don't ever want to see, like a child or or something like you know somebody who is so very close to you. But for the most part, for like an adult, yeah, have a party celebrate that uh, somebody is no longer with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, you're celebrating yeah. their life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, that's why they call it a celebration of life. They don't call it the funerals anymore. The whole idea of going into a funeral home and doing that whole dead body viewing thing, that, yeah. that, 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 that needs to be done with. Look at that episode on Curb Your Enthusiasm where Albert Brooks throws a pre-funeral party for himself. Yeah. Only to have it go to hell when... Yeah. People discover he's been hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer during the pandemic. I got to tell you, I don't think that, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's what you need to do. I don't think there's anybody, let's see, anybody that we've been to or I've been to a, a funeral where they had a body that was on display. Yeah. There is something in those caskets that was left by me or my family members. Like, there's a little, like, Polly Pocket doll inside my mother's uh, uh, casket. Oh, really? my nieces and nephews were messing around, and they accidentally dropped it in there because they were trying to, 
you know, see what it would look like with a Polly Pocket on dead grandma's hands. Every, but, but, but like when, when people, when you tell people that, they're like, oh my God, that's shocking. I'm like, no, she would have thought that was funny. She yeah. would that, that, that's the whole thing. You, I mean, obviously, you got to know your audience, dead or alive. Uh, but that person, she would have wanted it that way. My, uh, my grandmother was buried with a sharpshooter medal that she had won when she was younger. Yeah. She was a dead eye. See, that's what I'm saying. And she wanted to, you know, she got her little yeah, her but, little sharpshooter medal. But that's something she earned and, and gained and, and you would bury somebody yeah. with that. This is like stuff. Like we're just throwing stuff in the caskets. If I were to get buried with stuff I'd earned, I want it all set up like W-2s. Like all my tax forms. I'm going. They're yeah. coming with me. Yeah, I'm taking these into the ground with me. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You yeah. you need them for the you need them for the court. You need them for probate. From oh, well, from my cold dead hands. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be a mix of rain and snow this morning with a high of 43. Tomorrow just rain with a high of 54. It's 32 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hello, this is Kyle from. Bo- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.51 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mix of uh, rain and snow this morning, but that's going to taper off to all rain by this afternoon and a high of 43. Tomorrow, rain and a high of 54. It is 32 in downtown Springfield. Uh, as you've probably heard uh, by now, Jeff Beck, the uh, the brilliant guitar player from uh, the Yardbirds and the uh, the Jeff Beck group, uh, died yesterday from bacterial meningitis at the age of 78. We're going to do a tribute to him just after 9 o'clock, so make sure you're listening for that. A lot of people may not be aware of Jeff Beck's music. Guy was unbelievably great, and uh, we'll play a little bit of that just after 9. <laughs> One of the things I saw online yesterday when they announced that Jeff Beck had died, there was all these like younger people mm-hmm. thinking that it was Beck. Uh, yes. <sighs> And they're uh, like, "Oh my God, he was so young." Somebody uh, post because I, I posted on uh, on Facebook that you know we'd yeah. have you know, we'd be playing some Jeff Beck this morning, and the yeah. guy says, "Well, that sucks, but at least he still had two turntables and a microphone." I'm like, "Dude, uh, that's, wrong Beck. Dude. That's the wrong Beck." Yeah, that would have been funny. It would have been if it was actually Beck. But even but even not. if that Beck had died, that'd be sad, and I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be wanting to play a little Beck. Speaking of which, I just listened to one of his albums the other day he's pretty talented dude too beck i think he's uh an underappreciated genius that's what i think i was gonna say he is a genius because it's his music is so diversified it's like it's hip-hop it's Mm -hmm. rock it's country it's it's all of those things yes he is and uh i enjoy it very much yeah but jeff beck yeah the guitar player i don't know him is out was outstanding. I mean, when it, as far as you know, like just pure great, brilliant guitar players, what uh, ain't, ain't nobody better than Jeff Beck? What band was he in? The Yardbirds, uh, the Jeff Beck Group, a uh, lot of solo record, loads of solo records, loads and loads of solo records. Yeah, but I'm gonna play a couple of Beck songs. Doesn't sound like he's that famous, dude. He's I'm like kidding, one of the greatest kidding, kidding. guitar players that ever lived. So, and that's, uh, and we'll prove that in just a few minutes.
Uh, <sighs> you want to hear a quick story? Yeah, sure. The owner of a Minnesota... This is in Moorhead, Minnesota, by the way. <laughs> All right. Minnesota. Moore. Uh, the owner of a Minnesota meat market has a wild tale to tell. Wait a minute. You own a meat, meat market, market in Moorhead? <laughs> Why don't you pack that up and spend a weekend in Dennis with us? Uh, after an unexpected visitor invaded her space over the weekend... Security cameras captured a doe crashing through the front door of the She Said Butcher Shop in Moorhead. Did you ever get the She, the she Said Butcher no, Shop in no, Moorhead? No, but I've, I've always known that if I wanted to go to Moorhead, I'm going to need more dough. Uh, shattering glass and sip, slipping on the cement floor as if it were a sheet of ice. The obviously terrified deer scrambled around the shop, kicking a hole in a wall and knocking over some potted plants before finally finding her way back through the hole and into the door and the and in the door glass. Uh, this was truly an ordeal, and I'm not really sure uh, who was more scared at the time, me or the deer. But it was a pretty terrifying experience overall. She said, "Butcher shop." Uh, Melissa Evans shared in a Facebook post. Other than a smashed door, a hole in the wall, and a few broken plants. Everything else came out unscathed, and I'm thankful because it could have been much, much worse. Not only with damages, but potentially could have seriously hurt somebody. No one wants to get hurt in Moorhead. No one wants to get hit hurt in Moorhead, but she said uh, that the dough made it out safely. Well, thank goodness you pack, your, pack your meat. Make sure you head to Moorhead. I'm, I'm watching this deer. It's like... The deer, I think I told you I told you this uh, about the deer that came through my school when I was a kid. Yeah. And the the hoofs don't really do well on those floors and that's the exact kind of floor they have in this butcher so shop. So it's slipping all over so the place. So it's slipping all over the place. It's uh it's kind of funny to watch. I mean, it's I know it's animal cruelty, I guess, but hey, we laugh at people that get hit in the gonads all the time, so why can't I laugh at a deer falling around a butcher shop? Because it's always funny when it happens to a human. You feel bad when it happens to an innocent animal. I feel bad when it happens to an innocent animal, but it's also still it's just as funny. It's uh, 856 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Is I-91 icy? Is the Mass Pike closed? Rock 102 is always live and local with up-to-the-minute... Rock 102, Whoa. Springfield's Classic Rock. I didn't mean for that to happen. Oh, that's when uh, when Jeff Beck joined the police. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, that was uh, Jeff Beck, three songs uh, by Beck, who uh, died yesterday at the age of 78. Now, just uh, let go back. Somebody just asked if that was the B-side to Loser. I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and listen to that kind of disrespect. No, uh, this, is, uh, this is what you heard. That was Beck's Bolero from 1966. That's a, a song that, uh, that included... Uh, a pre-Zeppelin, Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones uh, and uh, Keith Moon on drums, along with uh, Nicky Hopkins on, uh, on on piano. Before that, uh, Freeway Jam from 1975 from their his Blow by Blow album, which was produced by George Martin, who produced all those records by the Beatles. And we started things off with the Yardbirds over, under, sideways, down. Again, Jeff Beck dead yesterday at the age of 78 from bacterial meningitis. That sucks. Yeah. So that's, that's a horrible thing to die from. Terrible thing to die from and uh, a terrible loss. Jeff Beck was a, a, an outstanding guitar player in every possible sense of the word. It, you know, the, the, the Yardbirds had Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, and Jeff Beck at various times during their, their history. Great argument can be made that, uh, that Beck was the best of the three of them. His last dying wish was for uh, 
a small radio station in Springfield, Massachusetts to play that song? No, uh, yeah. no, but I think it was respectful to show uh, the very talents of Jeff Beck <clears throat> he said, on uh, a rock station. He said, you know, they play too much ACDC every morning. How about a little Jeff Beck to uh, stir things up a little bit? Hmm? How no? can you hear you shook me all night long 18 uh, times in a day? I, I hear I hear that loud and clear. I truly, truly do. And then when uh, we promised him uh, we would play it, he, he, he passed away. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Nine ten. That's all he wanted. With Bax and Nagel on Rockwood O two.